This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. <clears throat> um, hey, manager. I'd like to get an understanding for, you know, what are some of your biggest priorities and things that you're working on and, and headaches and, and your preferences for, for working with me and how I can make that, that easy and, and, and more pleasant. Like, like that sort of thing. Did you say 80%? What was the percent? Over 99% Over 99%. have not had this conversation. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about how to truly excel in your career. If we want to grow our income, get that awesome promotion, and take our families to the next level, then we need to up our game at the office, my friends. But sometimes our managers, they just don't give us the constructive feedback that we need to progress in our jobs. So today, I've invited an expert to help us figure it all out. We're talking tips, tactics, and strategies with Pete Mikaitis, the host of the top-ranked podcast, How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Pete is an award-winning coach that has helped leaders from organizations like Google, FedEx, and Amazon. His career-boosting wisdom has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, and Inc. magazine. But Pete's most important client lately, though, <laughs> is his eight-month-old baby boy. Welcome to the show, Pete. How's it going, man? Oh, thanks, Andy. It's a blast to be here. I, I, I love the the oomph behind that intro. <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on being a new dad. So obviously, you know, you got an eight-month-old boy, a lot going on. Let's just talk about what your favorite part of being a new father is so far. Oh, sure. You know, I, I, I think it's really just his smiles, you know? Um, and it's, it's just so great that he seems genuinely happy (laughs) to, to see me, you know, and it, and, and like, like playing is, I guess I sort of thought about it maybe pre uh, having child as oh you know that that's a duty well, you know one should spend time with one's child uh, in order to rear him well and grow um, but no no it's just like a ton of fun so like when when he's in a good mood uh, it is like a ton of fun I'm gonna put a little cloth block on your head and you're gonna shake it off and you're gonna think that's hilarious and, and we're gonna repeat and that's just a good time I love it man <laughs> and that's a funny that's the transition too from like zero to three months, I felt like completely useless because it was breastfeeding time. <laughs> and like, I, dad really has no, I'll help change the diaper if you need me, you know? Yeah. But like when you get a little six months, eight months, year, it's like, all right, all right, I'm useful again. They think I'm funny. I'm laughing. Everybody's having a good time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it is, it is, it is nice to, to feel useful in the sense. And, and that's sort of been the, the vibe in terms of, it seems like there is plenty to do, um, even if it's not directly feeding, uh, the baby in terms of, boy, that diaper pail fills up real quick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a bomb. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and it it takes a little bit of, you know, man strength or, or real, um, getting into it, you know, in order to to loosen and tear and, and remove and all that. Well, you, you do a lot of, uh, you do a lot of stuff. So you're a father, you, you, you just got married, I understand. And you do a lot of, uh, incredible stuff with your business. So how are you balancing this, um, 
Oh, I guess balance is kind of a funny word, right? How are you managing all of these new things in your life? Sure thing. Well, the... In a way, I don't fully know with with precision the answer, but uh, I'd say that maybe the the foundational stuff that that's making it work for us is is, is a couple things. One, you know, we we have a great nanny sitter.com at a surprisingly affordable rate, like comparable with daycare, but um, in our home. And, and, and so what was really cool about that is, is that because I'm working from a home office and I can sort of pop out there and, and, and say, Hey to Jonathan, you know, play for, for a couple minutes and then, and then return to work as a little break. And so, so that, that's been awesome for me. And, and, and the tricky part was finding a, a sound blocking door, which you can behold, <laughs> uh, since we got the video going, a sound blocking door. Um, and, and double window set up such that it, sometimes it's surprising how much chaos <laughs> can be going on, uh, maybe 15 feet away. And it's like, Oh, what? Oh, was he, was he crying a lot? Oh, I don't even know. You know, it's, um, <laughs> so I think those kind of foundational pillars have, have been uh, pretty, pretty key in terms of just uh, making it happen. And then, and then beyond that, yeah, I think it's, you know, just really making the most of, of the hours in, in terms of like, there's, there's really not a lot of, uh, you know, leeway wiggle room to, to play around on YouTube for, for two hours in a day. Cause it's like, <laughs> you know, cause those are the hours that I, I would need uh, to, to spend getting, getting it done. So, so that's how I think about it in terms of a clear schedule. You know, I think of eight fifteen AM to six thirty PM is, uh, generally work time, you know, with some breaks for, you know, food and, and, uh, whatnot. And, and then, um, outside of those hours, it is, it is non-work time. Um, and, and so that's nice to be able to feel really present with, uh, with, uh, baby and mama. Well, that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that you've, um, been able to create an environment at home where you're able to work at home, but then still create that, uh, physical environment as well as the, the, the time separation to be able to, you know, still be successful and be a successful dad. So that's cool. That's cool. It's hope for all of us. So, so Pete, there's a lot of people out there that don't work at home. Uh, then, mm-hmm. uh, work in an office. And I understand you, uh, interact with, uh, quite a few of those folks, uh, and time management as we're talking about right now is a very, very important part of being successful at your job. So can you, uh, talk a little bit about how people can sort of maximize that productivity at work? You talked about not messing around on YouTube and things like that. Obviously there's things like that, but what can people do to maximize their productivity at work so they can still have that great family life. Oh, sure thing. Well, you know, there's, there, there's a whole lot, there's a whole lot of things here. And so I'm going to share uh, just a few of, of my top favorite ones. And, uh, one of my favorite guests I had was uh, Jay Papazan and, and he was a co-author of the one thing. And, and that is so good. So, so the book Provo provokes and provides, you know, with a key question, uh, which is, you know, what is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? And I think that is such an awesome question because I think a lot of times we get kind of, you know, in, in the fray, you know, the hustle and bustle, the busy, let's get this done. I've got, oh my gosh, there's so many things I have on my plate. Ah, you know, and and then when he zeroes in on, okay, what is the, the one thing? 
Uh, that would make everything easier or unnecessary. And then you suddenly discover, oh, wait a minute, if there was a, a little bit of a process or a little bit of a, a sort of a, a contractor help here or a, a little bit of a, a software program there, you know, this this recurring work that's making me so busy, you know, can be made unnecessary or or much easier if I f- figure out, you know, what is what is that one thing? So so I'm often thinking about things in, in that regard in terms of, you know, is there anything that, that you're doing repeatedly? And if so, is there a way to, to make that faster? And, and I am a, a little bit obsessive, if, if I may, about this, like with regard to podcast interviewing, like I, I hired a guy to create software for me so that after an interview concludes, I push a button and then it, it splits the tracks, you know, it, it puts the tracks in one place for the audio people. And then it puts, uh, the, the combined compressed track for, in another place for the transcription people, the transcription people know, look at this folder on Google drive, uh, every, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, you'll, you'll probably see an interview drop. And when you do so move it into this folder to indicate you're working on it and start transcribing, you know, and so those sorts of things. And and so then, you know, with three episodes a week over at how to be awesome at your job, like, uh, or 150 ish a year, uh, like if I can shave one minute off of the production time, I, I've recovered two and a half hours yeah. uh, a year. So, so I will think hard and maybe spend an hour trying to find those two and a half hours. And that's a huge, you know, return on my investment. So that's kind of how I, I think about it in terms of asking yourself that one thing question and seeing, you know, what are those opportunities that, that could just be you know, transformational in terms of uh, slimming a, a few minutes every single week. Yeah. I like that. And, um, you know, I think about just, um, you know, my typical Monday morning when I go to the office, if you could just think about, all right, what's the, like you said, the one thing that I could get done today that will help me to make my entire week so much better if I get it done on Monday morning. I mean, is that, is that like a mm-hmm. practice that I could do as I, as I approach my desk on Monday morning? All right. Thinking about that one thing immediately. What, what, and, 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 and how do I do that? Is it essentially staring at my email first to see what's the most important thing? Or do I get out of email hell? What, what, how, how do you manage the tech in order to get that one thing down? Oh, sure thing. Well, when it comes to technology, I mean, everyone's got a different view, it seems, when it comes to the, the emails. And um, I, I guess where, where I come out at it is, you know, are emails like the most important thing, you know, for, and, and sometimes they are. I think it's like, hey, we're working on this project. I'm coordinating with a lot of people in a lot of different countries. They all share things via email. They need to hear from me quickly or they might burn a few hours of, of doing the wrong thing. I was like, okay, well, hey, that is important to go ahead and do that right away. Uh, but I think most people most of the time find themselves in, in not that place. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so if you uh, more so just have emails naturally in terms of, hey, uh, people are making requests of you and kind of keeping you in the loop or maybe trying to get your input on, on some decisions, you know, well, then, then those emails uh, have, have a bit less importance and urgency in, in terms of, of going after them. But I, I think that in, in terms of, of getting after you know, what is that one thing I got a real kick out. I've had a recent podcast interview with Mark Efron who wrote like the eight steps to high performance or something like that. And uh, so it's on, it's on the site also But Mark Efron, I think he had a really good point in terms of is like, if you can zero in with your boss in terms of, you know, what are like the top three business promises that are, you're all about this year. 
you know, and, and so he says the word promises has a whole lot more pull than goal. Like I'll try to complete my goals, but it's like a promise is like, you know, Hey, you know, I, I had an oath, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really on the hook. I'm really on the hook for that. And, and so to, to have that conversation with, with your boss and say, you know, what, what are the three absolute most important things, you know, to do? And, and so your boss might give you 20 things and you say, okay, yeah, I'm going to get all those things done. But you know, if there were three things that w- you'd really, really, really love it to, to have an outstanding success with, you know, from my efforts, you know, what, what would those three things be? And so once you kind of get clear on that, I, I think it's, it's great because, you know, from within that you, you've already, um, sort of filtered and prioritized the entire universe of work activities in terms, okay, is this going to move us forward on, on, on the three business promises? And then, and then if you're clear on the business promises, you can say, is this going to move me forward, you know, a a lot or, or a little bit Mm -hmm. in in terms of, and so for example, one of mine is I would like to double my podcast listenership this year. And, and so with that being really clear, I have a, a greater sense for thinking about different opportunities and, and, and what that's going to mean in terms of, well, how much time is that going to take versus, you know, how much, you know, lift might that provide in terms of, of listenership. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, what do you know? That opportunity looks four times as efficient as this other opportunity. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and and go for opportunity a in that world. So that's kind of how I think about it. You ask the one thing question yeah, yeah. Engage in some of those prioritization promises, questions, uh, with, with manager and leadership. And then, and then suddenly, uh, things get uh, a lot clearer in yeah. terms of the hundreds of items, you know, which, which few, you know, are real contenders. I like that a lot. I like the, uh, the approaching the manager. Cause I mean, some people say I'm confused about how I can progress here. You gotta, you gotta learn to ask better questions. And that's, that's a question mm-hmm. that you can ask. And that would really help you progress. If you, if your manager knows, if you could speak to your manager directly and say, Hey, what are those top three things that I need to get done? I know I've got 50 of them to do. Help me, help me prioritize so I can be a successful employee. I love that. That's great. So, um, obviously you're, you're a young parent. I'm a young parent. You know, we got a lot going on in our lives. Um, and a big part of, I guess being successful in all those areas is making sure that you're, you know, I put this in air quotes, you know, putting your oxygen mask on first, right? Mm-hmm. Self-care is very important. What, what are some things that you suggest for these full-time workers out there like myself to stay mentally and physically healthy? Oh, sure thing. You know, and, and a lot of things are, are, are leaping to mind here and, um, but the first is, and it can be tricky, especially for, you know, newborns, but the, it's, it's got to be sleep. And, and I'll tell you, like, that's when people try to put me on the spot, like, oh, how to be awesome at your job? What, what's the one tip, you know, you, you'd share to be awesome at your job? It's like, well, I've had over 300 interviews, but if you, if I must, I'll, I'll say sleep. Um, and, and, and there's so much research and, and science behind this in terms of what sleep enables in terms of, if you have a knowledge working type of, uh, of job, you know, I mean, I think if you're, if you're mowing lawns, um, but you'll probably be miserable <laughs> if you don't have enough sleep, but uh, you probably won't be able to mow a lot more, um, than, um, if you're slightly sleep deprived, whereas when you're doing knowledge work, boy, like those ideas we talked about in terms of like the one thing that, you know, liberates stuff th- that could just be, uh, be huge, maybe, um, 
16 times as, as impactful as, as another thing, if you don't have that idea. And it's hard to get those ideas when you're feeling brutally exhausted without sleep. So, so that's the first thing is I would say, you know, do what you can to make that, that a possibility, whether that's trading off nights, you know, with, with your partner, whether that is going through the sleep trading, whether that is, uh, we have a bed in, in the nursery, and, and so that, that's kind of how that works in terms of, so we, we sort of minimize the, the disruption for the person who's not on duty, <laughs> you know, when, when it comes to, to handling that, to, to improve the, the sleep or, you know, we, we kind of figure out, okay, well, I'm going to have an, a fitful night. Um, so, so where's, where's sort of like the agreed upon nap zone in which it's understood that I'm, I'm unavailable. So, so I think that's one of the, the, the biggies is, is figuring out, you know, how can you, how can you get the sleep going well? And, and there's a lot of tips in terms of watch your caffeine and dim the lights, you know, in the last few hours uh, of the night and, uh, you know, wind down, with some breathing or, you know, a shower or whatever. But, um, that, that'd be the, 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 top one. And, and, and I've got more if you want them. Well, that's great. I love that. So what, what do you do personally to help you obviously outside of sleep, uh, which is extremely important to help you just to have a little bit of outlet. I know you have a lot of things going on right now and sometimes you just need a little bit of peak time, right? So mm-hmm. what, what do you do to, I guess, relax outside of work and family well, time? Well, you know, I've, it's, it's interesting. I've got a I got a few things going and, and it's funny how, what, what constitutes relaxing has kind of evolved, you know, in turn somewhat recently, like these days I find taking a long shower <laughs> to be like a decadent, luxurious, like spa visit type experience. And, and so, you know, it, it may be 30 total minutes in terms of in the bathroom and the shower and the brushing the teeth and all of the, all the components, the shave, you know, nice and slow. Um, like that really does feel rejuvenating because one, no, no one else goes in the show. Well, for now, you know, we'll, we'll see if there's multiple kids, but for now, no one, no one interrupts, you know, bathroom time, you know, and, and it is kind of uh, a soothing and, and, and the, the stuff that, um, the literally the dirt or spit up <laughs> or, or, or pee pee, <laughs> you know, or whatever, um, you know, comes off of my body. <laughs> um, and, and it feels like I, I am a new man. So, so that, that's one thing that I appreciate. Even if I can't do a full shower, sometimes I'll just say, okay, well, you know what, I'm going to brush my teeth and use a water pick and wash my face and moisturize and brush my hair. It's like a mini, you know, it's like half of a shower and, um, and, and something that you should probably do anyway, just to keep your dentist <laughs> you know, and, uh, uh, poor is happy. Um, so there's that. And then I've got a, a men's group I, I meet with on, on Monday evenings. And, um, you know, I've got a, a treadmill, um, here in my office, which is kind of fun. Sometimes I can even sort of do two things at once in terms of like reading something or listening to something while, um, getting some motion, even during the brutal Chicago winter, um, <laughs> th- that's available. That's great, man. I love it. So sleep, Give yourself a shower and relax and a little yeah. bit of exercise. I love it. And it's, it, these are uh, people, these are not mind blowing, like uh-huh. crazy things, <laughs> but don't forget them. These are so mm-hmm. important. Take care of your health because if you're not doing that, your performance at work is going to suffer. Your performance as a parent is going to suffer. So take care of yourself uh, and uh, heed uh, Pete's advice here. And uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. When you, <laughs> when you got no time and you're rushing to something or you're taking care of the kids, like a five minute shower uh, is usually you know, what can happen. But when you get that opportunity to take some time and just relax, oh yeah, it's amazing what the little, the little non-expensive luxuries in life can really mm-hmm. provide you. So, 
That's cool. So, um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, so tell me about your, your wife's situation. Is she staying at home with, with the child? I know you said you had some, um, help, uh, through a nanny. How how does that work? That's right. So she, she's also working right now. Uh, she has one day of, of work from home uh, per week, which is ha- handy. Um, and, and sort of that's where that is right now. Uh, fortunately, um, neither one of us very often needs to do any weekend work. So, so, so that's uh, in pretty good shape. Um, but that's the lay of the land right now. That's great, man. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I work with a lot of women that um, became mothers and they're just as, as equally excited as they are about becoming a mother, they also really love their jobs and they like want to keep their, keep their career and do it both. I have had some conversations with um, some fathers who said, hey, you know what? My wife just wants to stay at home and she's done working, but we're so used to living on two incomes because it's just a reality of living in a big city or living anywhere. Right now we get used to that. And uh, the common reaction is like, hey, okay, I got to make some money. I got to make it fast. So I wanted to talk to you about a little bit of ways that a new father or mother can get that new money at work when they really need it and try to make that transition. And obviously, you know, it can't just happen going in the office and and, and talking to the supervisor and saying, hey, I had a kid. Show me the money. Mm. (laughs) So what what are the steps that uh, new new fathers, new mothers can take in order to get that uh, that salary bump down the road? Sure thing. Well, well, uh, let's talk about salary bump, but I also want to mention sort of the lifestyle expense uh, part of that yeah. first, and that is, <clears throat> you know, it really. Well, here, here's a little pop quiz for you, Andy. I'm pretty sure you're going to crush it, but uh, <laughs> so here we go. I'm ready. Would you rather earn an extra five hundred dollars a month in salary, or six thousand a year, or have five hundred dollars of expense? disappear from your, your monthly life without you even noticing. It's like, Oh, Hey, we switched insurance providers and yeah, yeah, it looks like it's just cheaper, you know, on our, on our home life and auto and health. And, you know, and, and here we are the latter. Yes. And why? Uh, because you have to pay taxes on the yes. income you make. Exactly. It is at least 30% better <laughs> that's right. to, to reduce the, the expense than to uh, bring in more, more money. So, so that's the first thing is I would say, you know, th- there are opportunities to reduce expenses that you may not have thought of, or you may not even feel the burn. Like, like our mortgage right now is, is paid for by, um, tenants. You know, we, we put 5% down and got a three flat and, and, uh, that's pretty cool it is. So it's sort of like, we're living almost for free. You know, there's some maintenance, but also other we're, we're building equity, which, which is superior to, to our renting other folks. They've got a car that they don't use super often and then get that kind of paid for by, by bringing it out on getaround.com for instance, or they got an extra space in the garage, you know, and it's like, Hey, we only got run car and you know, parking's at a premium. We can collect 120 bucks uh, a month for that. So, I mean, there are, there are creative ways to think about it. I had a guest Paula pants from afford anything and she's great. Um, and, and she issued a little bit of a challenge, like look at your expenses and see if you can trim like 1% a month, you know, and that, that doesn't really hurt much. Mm -hmm. And so you might say, you know what? I like Indian. We like going to this Indian restaurant, but by golly, the Trader Joe's frozen Indian dinners (laughs) are almost as delicious and they save us some time. So let's just, you know, get more of those, you know, whatever. Um, or, you know, insurance, I think can be an, an easy win because like you don't even notice, um, you know, insurance, uh, so long as your coverage is decent and you don't have a calamity, um, you know, that's all right. So I just want to hit that part first is that, um, even, even you can 
reduce expenses without feeling like, oh no, now we, we eat only ramen and 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 wear tattered rags, you know, <laughs> every day. Uh, there's some wiggle room there. But so that said, let's talk about bringing up the income. Um, I think I think about it in a couple phases, and the first phase is to absolutely delight your boss so that they they think that you're amazing, you're indispensable, you're 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 really fantastic. Um, and and so we had a great guest, Mary Abajay. She wrote a book about managing up, and and she discovered that uh, over ninety nine percent of employees and managers have reported that they have never had a conversation like this between a manager and employee. <clears throat> um, hey, manager. I'd like to get an understanding for, you know, what are some of your biggest priorities and things that you're working on and, and headaches and, and your preferences for, for working with me and how I can make that, that easy and, and, and more pleasant. Like, like that sort of thing. Did you say 80%? What was the percent? Over 99% Over 99%. have not had this conversation. And, and I, and I thought, wow, that's, that's, I don't even know. I was like, is she just, is this, is this like hype for her book? I don't know if I buy that. And so, so sure enough, I started kind of asking around a little bit myself. They're like, no. And I thought about my own experience. Like, well, I did that at, at Bain and company, but that's sort of like keeps topping best places to work lists. So I don't think it's sort of as representative of, of the typical work experience, but, but that's the first one, because one, that really makes you stand out. Mm-hmm. That makes you appreciated. And then once you have kind of like the answer key to making your boss love you, you can then, um, provide you know, those experiences for that such that you are, you're suddenly the person they really, really, uh, would hate to see go. And so I recommend sort of doing that uh, sort of upfront groundwork initially. And and, it, and it's now some jobs, it's a little bit tricky. And, and I think I've learned this, that like some workplaces don't actually care about results. And that could seem blasphemous or impossible to many, <laughs> uh, you know, but it, but it's, it's true. And I think sometimes, and, and not to stereotype here because, you know, Hey, Navy SEALs are governmental employees too, but you know, sometimes it's in governmental type, um, operations like, you know what? We, we process these incoming requests, you know, at a reasonable rate. And, and that's sort of what we do here. Right. Um, and, and so it's like doing it like better, faster, more cost effectively, you know, isn't really matter to some of the, the, the leadership because it's like, well, you know, this is the budget we have. So it's not like we can all, you know, get iPads if, uh, if we do achieve first, so we're, we're just going to kind of keep doing. So, so I guess that's the first thing is just to have a bit of a reality check in terms of, are, are we in an environment where, where folks kind of care about results or are we not? Yeah. And if you're not, then, then a lot of the stuff doesn't apply as much. It's sort of like, well, this is sort of the, the scale that you're on. And then in year five, you know, you're subject to a bump or, or whatever. And sometimes you'll find yourself there. And if so, if you want to accelerate the money, well, it, you might need to look at a side hustle or, um, you know, do, do a move. I guess you'll be in the same organization, maybe laterally or, or, uh, or find a sort of a different opportunity. So, so that's kind of the first thing is to get clear on, on where are we really standing. But if you're in a, a normal, you know, or organization that cares about the results, you know, I would start there. And then once you're really just delighting the boss on these dimensions, well, well then you can have that conversation. And, and when you have the conversation, I think it's all about, you know, your, your upfront research, you know, check out all the sources, salary.com, payscale.com, Glassdoor, comparably, um, and even conversations with, with kind of comparable people, 
um, that you know or could know elsewhere. And that can be awkward reaching out to a stranger to find out how much money they make. But I, I think there's a great Adam Ruins Everything episode about this. Um, if you've ever seen that goofy show, it's sort of fun. Uh, he has a lot of annoying facts. And so in one episode, Adam Ruins work and he talks about how, you know, pay transparency it really does uh, benefit the, the worker mm-hmm. in terms of even though it's a little bit taboo, if, if we're able to share, you know, then we're, we're able to avoid, you know, getting uh, getting raw deals, yeah. you know, because then the employer, they have to kind of stand behind as like, yeah, you know what? This is what everyone's paid and I'm not getting any bargains. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, I, I got a. um and this is sort of where it stands. So I get that information and then, and then have that, that conversation and, and make the request and, 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 and highlight the value that you have, have created and how it is, it is larger than, than what it, it has been before, or it's larger than, uh, I guess is average of, of people in your role or that you are, are kind of already sort of doing a role uh, ahead of yours, which is, you know, compensated at this, this other, uh, higher rate. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and that's the the case I'd make. I would not make a case like, hey, you know, I've been here for eight years. And so and so it's it time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that that it goes very far as opposed to, you know, look, how I'm adding so much more value than I was before or then as compared to, you know, the average person in this role or, or how what I'm doing is really more akin to, you know, this kind of role with this kind of compensation. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan 
above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello. Let's jump back into the show. I love that. I think that's a challenge for everybody. You said 99% don't have that conversation. I mean, what is the, what is the harm in having that conversation? What would be the, what would be the 99% excuse to say, well, I can't go do that. I mean, what would be the harm in having that conversation? You know, I've, I've asked that question because I've been kind of curious and, and, and sort of it is the excuses sort of sound like this is like, oh, that sounds so weird and robotic. Like, how may I serve you? You know, <laughs> what are your parameters? You know, like, 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 like they say that just feels weird and awkward. And I'd say, well, the reason it feels weird and awkward is because you just because you haven't done it. Yeah. And, and anything that you haven't done before feels weird and awkward. But I, I could tell you as a boss. Um, it is a delight, um, when, when, when you get those questions and it's been rare for me too, you know, in terms of the the minority, um, you know, when when they ask, it's like, Oh, well, well, thank you so much. It's like, they've offered, you know, uh, a a beautiful, uh, platter of desserts (laughs) and I get to take my selection. I will choose this one. (laughs) Well, you know, actually I would really like it if at the end of each day you sent me a quick email mentioning the things that you accomplished and the things that you hope to do the next day since you asked. Uh, and that would help me know what you're doing. And if I need to hurry up and get something ready for you to do, or if I can just sort of like, you know, um, you know, coast, uh, for, for a little while, like, like little things like that can, can pop up for you. So, so that's one, it's, it's kind of awkward or robotic. The second is, you know, they think they pretty much know, mm. you know, but if if you get a little bit deeper under the surface and maybe ask a, a few kind of key questions underlying that, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I maybe I know about half actually. It's, I'll go get the other half. Yeah, and it's also probably a good way to hold hold them accountable if you do decide to ask for that bump down the road. Hey, remember when we chatted a year ago and you said if I did these things, these are the priority things. Here's how I can measure that based on me asking you that a year ago, a year later or two years later, three years later when I when I come and ask for that money, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. And you might very well even um one thing I should have mentioned earlier is, is hopefully you can kind of quantify some results that you've generated along the way. It's like, hey, you know, we had this initiative to go after this new market segment and, and we've done so. And, and hey, you know what? We've collected over $400,000 in gross margin. And it seems like we probably wouldn't have gotten that done had I had we hadn't sort of started this initiative. So I, I'd love to be able to share in a piece of that. Or, hey, you know, we noticed these inefficiencies in the process, you know, that which enabled us to kind of, you know, slash our contractor costs in this area by about 30%, which amounts to almost a quarter million dollars. I mean, it'd be, it'd be great to. <laughs> yeah. And, and all, all of those yeah. results that you were sharing have a monetary value yes. associated with them. That's why it's smart to know that information, because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, all of these businesses are trying to do what? make money. So if you can show how you are affecting that, and I'm lucky, I I guess I'm lucky in that standpoint where I'm in a sales role. So mine is very quantifiable. Hit these and you, you know, you're, you're in, you're in the gold, right? So, um, if you, if you don't have a monetary value assigned to your role, I'm thinking, you know, but I guess you just, you just mentioned that like, Hey, if I'm, if I'm, I'm, if I'm a part of saving the company money, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a great way to do it. If I'm, if I'm a part of a, um, you know, a role that maybe uh, provides security or it, there are also ways to save with vendors you're using or, 
uh, avoiding, you know, very bad situations for the company that would then cost them money. I guess, I guess these all boil down to money, I guess is what I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> or, or even if you're saving employee time, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, Hey, because of these initiatives, you know, we were able to, to not have to hire someone else or not have to replace that person who left. Yeah. Whereas that would have been impossible had we not, you know, embarked upon, you know, these key automation things that really reduce the workload for, for everybody. Uh, so I, I think that could, it could show up in, in all sorts of ways. And, and I'd say, if you don't know the precise number, I think it could even help to, I, I share this with resume coaching clients all the time. It's like, well, I don't know how much money I saved. And I was like, well, can you estimate the absolute bare minimum number that you must be above? Hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess those people are getting paid at least 20 bucks an hour. And, um, and we saved at least, uh, you know, an hour a week, um, which would apply for at least three years is like, okay, you know, and, and then it's like, and then the resume bullet says, you know, saved over $80,000. Yeah. It's like, it, it might be $200,000. We don't quite know, but it is over 80,000 and thusly, you know, it's honest and, and we can, you know, put that resume bullet there with full integrity. That's something, that's something to consider too, for this conversation is building out the resume. Let's say you are, you're at, you're at your job and you're digging it, but Hey, it's always good to update your resume. Do you do this? Do you recommend to your clients or people you work with to constantly be updating your resume based on the wins that you have at work? So you don't forget them, I guess. <laughs> you know, well, uh, the short answer is yes. And, and, and you don't have to like wordsmith it to perfection, you know, but I'd say uh, even if it's not an updating of the resume, but just sort of like, it's like a running list of, uh, I always sort of kept a, a, a running list of potential resume bullets, you know, and in a way that kind of motivated me too, in terms of, I was like, oh, this project's kind of dumb. I don't think I care. I was like, but you know, it's kind of cool to be able to say that you accomplished X, Y, Z. It's like, you know, that is kind of cool. And I want to succeed now, you know, so at least for me, call me a little prestige seeker or, or, or something, you know, I, I found that kind of motivating, but also I, in terms of just as you behold your accomplishments, mm -hmm. That looks pretty cool. So I think that is a great practice, whether you whether you kind of just keep a running Word doc or, or Google Google Doc and, and add a bullet every every week or month or, or or kind of whenever something noteworthy occurred or you're transitioning from one project or client to another. I think that is a great practice. And then you'll find later on, oh hey, annual review. Oh these come in handy, drop them in. It's like, Oh, time for a new resume. Oh yeah. Actually um, I like bullets number one, seven and 12, you know, let, let's get those worked in here. And, and, and now we'll put a little bit more effort into putting the high gloss sheen on the uh, articulation of them. Yeah. I love that. You got to be your biggest cheerleader too, because I mean, nobody else is out there is going to sell you or market you or help you get that promotion. You have to be the person that's I don't know, supporting yourself there, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, we, we started to talk a little bit about, hey, you know, I go in there or uh, maybe I can get a, a salary bump, but it's going to be a measly 3% or, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I have to leave the company to make more, but I don't want to leave the company. What about making money outside the office? We touched on that a little bit. You you just started landlording and that's, that's mm -hmm. something that's great for you. You're essentially getting your, your place <laughs> paid for, right? So yeah. why should people consider that um, as a side hustle or another income source while they are working a full-time job? Well, you know, there, there are many great reasons to, to do that. And, and I had a great guest called... Um, Patrick McGinnis of the 10% entrepreneur. And, and one of the reasons is just like you learn new skills, 
you know, in terms of it's like, because you're, you're trying something new and different, you, you learn, uh, things you wouldn't be exposed to in your current kind of function in the industry. And, and then that just like many, you know, studies on creativity have shown, you know, the more you're exposed to different sorts of things, uh, the more you have uh, sort of opportunities to draw from like, Oh, this sort of reminds me of this. And what if we tried this new thing at work? So, so that's one of the cool reasons right there is, is that you are, are expanding your, your capabilities and knowledge and, and capacity for great ideas. Uh, the other one, of course, is just, you know, Hey, cash money is cool. Um, so my, my take on that is, you know, it, it can be a little tougher than you might think, um, to, to pull off a, a side hustle and, and, and side income. I mean, you know, you could, well, I guess, Hey, right now, if you have a car, you could start driving Lyft or Uber, like just about instantly. And, and so you could do that. Although the, the way I would think about this is, um, <clears throat> what is the, the wealth created per hour invested or the take per give yeah. And so I've, I've got a career change course. I, I, I share that uh, an elaborate Excel spreadsheet tool there to, to help people kind of, you know, figure that out in terms of, you know, this job versus another job. And, and it can be really eye opening when you realize, huh, if I slash, you know, uh, an hour and a half of commute time a day, that's kind of like getting, a, a pretty substantial raise yeah. <laughs> in terms of like your wealth created per hour invested, you know, mathematically it's like, yeah, maybe like almost 20%, you know, if you, if you could slash that much, um, you know, commute time out of there. And, and so, and, cause that's really what I think it boils down to is like jobs. Um, you know, we don't have enough time. We'd like to spend more time, Hey, with, with kids and family and, 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 and fun. And, and so I, I think that's the, the fair way to think about it. And, and I guess I've been that way since my, my first job, which is like, wow, they're paying me way more money than I think I need. But I'm also working more than I want. What could we just maybe do halvesies? I get half the half the paycheck and half the hours. Is that okay? I could still, you know, be banking savings with my three roommates. <laughs> anyway, that's how I was thinking as a 22 year old, and that's that's how I, you know, Tim Ferriss and others would continue to to advocate. You think about it now, in terms of that's really that's really what you're giving is, is your time and, and what you're, you're receiving is, is wealth, whether that's in medical benefits or, um, or, or cash money or bonuses or stock options. So that's how I think about it. It's like, what's your job providing you? And then what would your, your, your side hustle provide you? And, and if it's, you know, substantially less as, as Uber may very well be, um, you know, depending on your job and, and how nice your car is and how busy, you know, your, your pickups are, are going, then, um, then that's probably not a great thing to do. Uh, so if you find yourself with short on short on time, so you want to make sure that's a pretty well leveraged thing. And, and I would just recommend that you, you sort of do what you, uh, what you know really well. Um, and, and it's going to be uh, lucrative for you on a, a dollars per hour basis. And so some favorite, um, favorite you know, side hustles people have are maybe creativity related in terms of, uh, photography. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll shoot a wedding or, you know, baby pictures or, um, you know, engagement photos or, you know, you know, web design, um, you know, other, uh, other design of, you know, print or, and, and digital items, but, but it could also be kind of like career stuff, you know, resume, resume reviews, et cetera. So, so that, that's the thing is I, I think most often people's first side hustle tends to be in, in the range of, of services offered, 
um, as opposed to, you know, big old products, mm-hmm. you know, like it could be a little bit tricky getting started and, and, and getting 10,000 units shipped from China and then, uh, you know, sit down to fulfillment by Amazon, but you might make really awesome candles, you know, and, and that'd be the other thing is in terms of, is it fun? Like, does, does it really kind of feel like it's, it's rejuvenating and, and enjoyable to do? Um, and, and that's kind of the topics I think about and to not underestimate all the hours you have to spend that you're not getting paid for. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're shooting a wedding. That's cool. But what about all the hours associated with, with kind of chasing clients and talking and settling on a contract and, you know, uh, make sure you're counting those, uh, hours in the denominator for the uh, wealth created per hour invested. Yeah. Make sure you really like it. Right. I mean, it sounds like the, I, what I'm taking away from this whole conversation is that when we don't have a lot of time, sometimes um, we we need to really analyze how we're spending those hours. And if we're talking about do, doing something on the side, why not combine it with something that you love doing? So if you're yeah, totally. really into photography, hey, why not get paid for it for fun? Or if Certainly. you're really into creating art, why not get paid for it? For me, like I, I really love making podcasts and having conversations with people like you. And if I'm able to mm-hmm. get paid a little bit of money to do that, that's a great hobby. So hobby slash business, whatever you want to call it, side thing, um, it works. And uh, I, to your point, you, you mentioned a, a really good point on sharpening your skill set or really, you know, uh, having the side gig help you with your, your, your full time job. Over the past couple of years that I've been doing this podcast, that I've been, you know, doing this self-care or this hobby or this, you know, this small business, I've been exceeding my sales goals for the past two years in a row while Mm. doing this. So I feel like by providing myself with something that really brings me passion, it helps me to do better at work, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, well, you know, one way or another, you got to recharge the batteries so that uh, you're feeling rejuvenated and awesome um, when when you show up at, at the job. So, so yeah, if that's doing it, that's cool. And and this, I mean, it may very well be sharpening some real skills. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like you're asking, like, hey, sales, right? You're asking questions. You're yep. getting to understand somebody and where they're coming from, and 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 then and and showing interest and forming a connection. Um, you know, there, there's some good carryover there. Absolutely. Well, cool. So, so Pete, uh, but before we close up, I want to ask you just a couple questions. Do you have a favorite book that you recommend to folks that want to focus on their career, boost their income, you know, get a promotion, things like that, that, that really help them to, to grow what they have? Oh, sure thing. Well, I'm going to give you two, if I may. Yeah. And, and both of them are written by, by podcast guests and both of them are, are somewhat recent, um, in terms of, you know, less than a decade old. Um, but they both rock. Um, so here we go. One is called uh, great at work, how top performers do less work better and achieve more by Morton T. Hansen and Morton. Um, he's collaborated with Jim Collins on, on some of the good to great books. I don't recall if he was a co-author on good to great itself, but, but some of the others like great by choice. Um, you know, so, so rich data, driven, uh, research in terms of indeed, like what, what are the practices of those who are getting promoted and, and, and being recognized as top performers. And then the, on the other side of that, in terms of like enjoying it, <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go with uh, how to have a good day by Caroline Webb. And, and she is looking at all of the, the, insights from neuroscience and, and what it shares about what makes the difference between a day in which you're, you know, in a good mood and feeling great and rocking and rolling versus, you know, the days where you're dragging and, uh, and, and feel sort of dumb. Uh, and she's sort of 
And I uh, discovered and, and codified that into some very actionable pieces. I like that. I like that one a lot. I, I'm going to look up both of those. I'll put both those books in the show notes for everybody to take a look at. Pete, where is the best place for people to follow you and learn more about how to be awesome at your job? Oh, sure. Well, I would just say, you know, if you, if you, you're listening to a podcast right now in your podcast player of choice, push the search magnifying glass and type awesome space job. And you'll, it'll, you'll pop right up. You'll see the yellow with, uh, the, the, the girl looking upward, uh, to career guidance. <laughs> That's the, the, the idea there. <laughs> the career guidance uh, girl. <laughs> and, and, and so, yeah, so you can do that. Uh, my website's awesome at your where you'll find all that stuff. But yeah, I, I think, um, just if you scroll through the, the, podcast app, uh, after searching awesome job and, uh, you'll, you'll probably find a couple titles that you go, Ooh, I need that. Absolutely. And everybody, you, you couldn't imagine, obviously, you know, Pete and I just talked for almost 45 minutes. We could carry this conversation on for hours and days, really the, all the things that you can do well at your job and grow your career. So check out his podcast. There's over 300 interviews on there about how you can excel in your career. So check it out. Pete, thank you so much for joining me today, man. This was a blast. Oh, Andy, thank you. Yes, absolutely loved it. An important conversation to have. I don't believe I've focused enough on growing your income at work on the show and just overall creating a better work-life balance. So look for more of this in the future, everybody. <laughs> Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Pete Makaitis. Number one... Ask your supervisor how you can best support in your role. Pete told us that 99% of employees aren't asking the most important question to ensure their success at work. What are some of your biggest priorities, supervisor person? How can I make your job easier? When you know these priorities and work toward them every single day, you'll not only make yourself indispensable but you'll be primed and ready for that promotion and raise in the future. This is the best way to make more money at work, providing above and beyond value and doing it consistently. Number two, be your own cheerleader. As you make strides, accomplish goals, and win awards... Make sure you're documenting that. Keep a running bulleted list, like Pete said, of your accomplishments so you can update your resume as they happen. Or update your LinkedIn information with your accomplishments, again, as they happen. You know, something that I do is I have an Outlook notice that pops up into my calendar that says, hey, have you done anything cool lately? And it gives me sort of a prompt to say, okay, let me um, let me update the resume, let me update the LinkedIn. So another little trick, little hack. But do this. This way you'll be ready to share your wins with your supervisor come review time. You need to be your biggest advocate. Being humble is definitely an admirable quality, but this is the time you need to share your accomplishments. Boast for yourself. Be your biggest cheerleader. Number three, utilize the one thing methodology. I really liked when Pete brought this up, um, finding the one thing that you could do to make your day immensely easier or the one thing that by doing it, you are making everything else easier or completely unnecessary. We have so many small tasks throughout the day at our jobs 
what process can we add or what conversation can we have that would massively improve the productivity of our day? When we find it, repeat it. Not only will you start to make your supervisor happy, you may just find some more happiness and joy in your workday. So those were my top three takeaways. Number one, ask your supervisor how you can best support in your role. Number two, be your own cheerleader. And number three, utilize the one thing methodology. I think these tips can be really helpful for most everyone's working situation who's uh, who's in a full-time gig. But I think these tips can be especially helpful for someone who's feeling, let's say, a little stuck or unmotivated at work. To paraphrase uh, Gandhi, I always like to paraphrase Gandhi, <laughs> let's be the change we want to see in our jobs. We can definitely keep pushing towards financial independence and financial freedom for our future, all the great things that we're talking about on the show, but let's make our today much easier and much more enjoyable. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Steph from Tennessee left me a voicemail about a huge career win of hers. Take it away, Steph. Hey, Marriage, Kids, and Money listeners. My name is Steph. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm 26 years old. And about two months ago, I landed a job in the finance sector with the government. I did it by applying to every single job opening that had that I was remotely qualified for and tweaking my resume to match the job description. The promotion came with a 26% pay increase, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to funnel that extra money into my 401k. So it's really exciting to watch that portfolio grow a little bit. My next steps are just continue to advance my career and continue contributing to my retirement accounts and savings. A 26% pay increase. That is huge. No little 3% bump for our friend Steph here. (laughs) She found a career path that she's interested in, and now she's growing her income significantly. Now she's thinking about her future by growing her retirement and taking advantage of that compound interest. Start early and invest often, my friends. Steph's financial future definitely looks bright. If you want to connect with Steph and learn more about how you can enrich your life through simplification, check her out at simplisticsteph.com. That's simplisticsteph.com. She's also a podcaster, too, at Simple Minded Millennial. So check that one out as well, my friends. Steph, thank you so much for sharing your career win with us today. And congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? I would love to hear it, my friends. Shoot me an email at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I love sharing these wins and motivating others to win as well. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 108108. Hey friends, if you want to learn more about how I took my career from five figures to six figures, I have an article that I'll place in the show notes that details the seven steps that I took to do that. So yeah, everybody wants to make some more money at work, and I would love to share how I've done that. So check it out in the show notes, again, at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 108. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Confucius. 
You can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. Let's put our words into actions, my friends. Carpe diem. Carpe diem.